Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of Spellstorm Miniatures. My name is Jeremiah. I'm Dan. And I'm Chad. And uh, we have a fun topic that we're going to cover today. And it's going to include an invitation for anyone in our area to join us in a campaign of a brand new game that was just released last month. Uh, but we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, first, I want to hear from you guys. Uh, have you played any games lately? No. The game of real life has been uh, working me. So working family, That's uh, that's been my game mode. Yeah, you've been rolling sixes or you've been rolling ones? Uh, I mean, I think it's been average. <laughs> so threes for you, right? That's yeah, exactly. No, no crit successes, no crit sales. But... <laughs> right on, right on. Uh, well, it's been a while since I think I was on an episode. Um, but I got to play a couple of games of Riot Quest a few weeks ago. That was a lot of fun with... Uh, um ryan montgomery and oh i was it richard was playing with one of them in one of them i think matt schneider was playing in the other one um we played three different games we just did adventuring party which is you get to play you have one of each different class uh so six characters and then you get six uh right gear. uh it was a lot of fun we were playing on Oh, shoot. I think it was the Castle of the Dark Prince. Nice. Matt? No, I'm sorry. We were playing on Hole Grinder, the pirate ship one, which I haven't hadn't played on before. So that was a lot of fun. It was super interesting. Um, nice. I, of course, had to play a couple of my couple of my boys from Circle. Uh, Wolf with no name. I think I played Scythe. Um, Chuck Dogwood. And I uh, actually used... Um, oh shoot, is it Blockhouse? Not Blockhouse. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting what the Cador <laughs> dude's name is. <laughs> Blockhouse is thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Block, Blockhouse <laughs> is the Brickhouse is the Jack. Blockhouse is the um the Signar <laughs> Trencher unit. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally great radio right here. Uh, I don't remember the name of everyone that was in my crew, but it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then last weekend, I got to play my first game of Age of Sigmar using some Daughters of Cain. Um, nice. And I feel like I could have done a little bit better if I had just been a little bit more familiar with some of the command traits that you can use. I, I wasn't really paying attention to them. Uh, and I also uh, deployed a little bit wrong where I should have put one of my bigger units uh, to square off against Ryan Montgomery's larger unit of orcs and he ended up winning by scenario because he just had more dudes on the table and I just couldn't kill enough of them. He got super lucky playing some of those new orcs. Um, their passive ability is every time you roll a six to hit, it's an automatic mortal wound. And Oof. there were three different times where he roll, he was rolling attacks, at least 15 attacks, at least 10 or 15 attacks, and he got at least four sixes uh, mm. in his attack rolls, which were four automatic mortal wounds. So it was, it was pretty crazy. He started chewing through my daughters of Cain pretty fast. Yeah. But, uh, Do your daughters of Cain have any defenses against mortal wounds? No, no, I, <laughs> I don't think there's very many defenses against mortal wounds at all. Um, unless yeah. you are some sort of very special character, but these were yeah. just like, we started a um, Path to Glory campaign. So la last week was the oh, first yeah. week. Um, nice. And so these were just base Sisters of Slaughter. And uh, they didn't fare super great. But still a lot more to learn. It was the first time putting the army on the table. And there's a lot of little things to pay attention to. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. When I was playing Nurgle... Um, if I remember right, I think I had I had one guy or something that had the ability to do something against mortal wounds and two Aussies chagrin, of course. But yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, cool, right on. Yeah, I love Age of Sigmar. I haven't put any uh, 
any models on the table since third uh, since third edition dropped yet. So I'm looking forward to doing that sometime soon. Yeah. yeah. I got a new game in. Uh, do you guys remember one of our recent episodes? We talked about the process we go through and trying to evaluate and determine whether or not we're going to pick up a new game. Um, yep. One of the one of the games that's kind of been on my list for a couple of years uh, is Dust 1947. Uh, some of our listeners may be familiar with Dust Tactics and. And I think there's another version of Dust as well, um, outside of Dust Tactics. Um, the current iteration is called Dust 1947. And um, the way that it is played is it's played on um, fairly large grids. And it's a small map in general. And, um, and, and instead of small boxes, they're fairly large boxes, large enough that you can fit um, you know, six, seven, eight individual models in and still be within com completely within the, the square. Um, and it uses 2D and 3D terrain. And so the starter comes with 2D terrain, but they will sell 3D terrain that can sit right on top of that that terrain or or just be in 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 uh, in place of. And um, and. I, I got into it because I reconnected with an old friend and he and I have played a number of games over the years and it was something that he was interested in as well. And so we each picked up one starter box and then we played against each other that starter. And it was hands down the single greatest out of the box experience I've ever had with a miniature game. It, it was, um, first of all, uh, the models are pre-assembled and primed. And so you can literally start painting them right away. Um, the play mat that you get is a neoprene play mat. You don't, get, you don't get a paper or cardboard mat. You get a neoprene mouse pad style and 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 your opponent gets one and you put them together and that's that's how you get the full play map so you actually only get half of it in your starter but that's okay and and you get a number of 2d terrain like i mentioned and all the tokens and um and it's really easy to play right out of the box both of us had a walker of some sort both of us had a unit and both of us had a hero like a character and and um, and there was a moment in the game where I thought I had him. Oh, it was, I had an idea and uh, I was gonna pop out from, from hiding behind a structure and, uh, and I was going to eat his walker alive, um, except he uh, chose not to advance. And had he advanced at least one square, he would have been within range, and I would have just eaten him. But, <laughs> um, but his—he uh, was running the um, uh, independent Japanese nations, and and so a bunch of their units have like this, like for War Machine players, uh, a version of stealth. So I had to get real close to be able to, you know, to be able to get him. But um, but my guys had uh, for Warhammer players a bunch of feel no pain stuff. So, wow. so like, so like each, so we each had our thing that we did. It's just his thing was better than my thing in that game. So, um, but I think it's a game that we'll probably play a little bit more. Uh, Dust 1947 basically um, takes World War II and uh, kind of flips it on its head. It, it, it adds aliens, it adds the Cthulhu mythos and, um, and in this storyline, I believe Hitler does die. So Hitler is dead. But then he, all of humanity is trying to unite against the aliens. And, and, so, um, and so they end up forming factions based on those, those uh, diplomatic relations, which fall under very similar to the factions of World War II. So, so it's, it's something I would call historical adjacent. 
So it's, you know, it's not quite historical, but. Looks like they seem to it up a little bit too with some, like I said, a little bit more high techy walkers yeah. and stuff like that, which actually looking at it kind of cool. <laughs> oh, Dan, the walkers <laughs> are amazing. Oh, they, yeah. they are fabulous. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like you can even buy their their elite ones that are like pre-painted to studio spec. So oh, even if wow. you, can, you can straight up buy it from them ready to go. I was not aware of that. So um, no, I was very, very pleased. The uh, The starter box was a little bit more than uh, some starters that I paid for before, but um, for like single faction starters, um, but it was less than what like two faction starters would be. So, um, you know, it was like $72 or something. Um, but, and, and, and it gets about one fourth of an army, like a standard game is a hundred points. And I think I had 27 points and I think Will had 28 points in his. So, but I chose Mercs because it'll allow me to play with other things. So nice. Yeah. Bad I'm looking at it. I'm just like the axis has like what's kind of looks cool. It looks like it's 148 scale, so kind of some big boys, huh? Yeah. So and then there's like zombies and stuff, and and like apes and gorillas that have been like, you know, done science has been done on them, and so now they're super soldiers, and it's it's pretty cool. Oh no, super yeah. soldier zombies. Yeah. 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 No. But, well, I know you're gonna play some apes. But I will say, uh, I will say that um, since getting into it, I've had a lot of communication with the 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 major distributor for United States is is uh, the website Dust USA, and it is run by a husband and a wife team, and and I've had a lot of communication with them, um, and then and of course I'm in their official server. And the husband is like always in it, posting and stuff. Like, like the the face to consumer, like it's incredible. Like customer service and just the feeling of community and you know, I I've been very impressed with first first impressions all around, real solid. So, nice. man, there's even guys with jetpacks. Come on, why you got to get me looking at another games? <laughs> Dan, 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 this is what I do. This is what I do. He plays You're all bad. the games, and he ropes you into a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. You're you're going to get me back into BattleTech. So we'll, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll call it even. So. Cthulhu <laughs> <Anyway>. oh, <laughs> are pretty cool looking. Hey. <laughs> moving on. Yeah, moving on. Speaking of new games, another one that I roped you into, Dan, um, is actually our main topic for the day. And, and so a brand new game was just released. It's a rule set. Um, from Adam Loper of, of Internet Fame and Vince Venturella of Internet Fame as well. And the name of the game is called Rain in Hell, the Demonic Skirmish Combat. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the game, and then we're going to talk about what we're going to do with the game. Chad, do you want to get us started? Yeah, so I'm just going to read their little promotional thing that they have on the back of the rule book because um, that's about the best place to start to kind of give you an idea for the game itself. So Hell is an actual place, and it's not what it used to be. Uh, Rain in Hell is the demonic skirmish-style uh, combat game. is a fast, brutal, miniatures agnostic uh, tabletop wargaming rule set that pits your uh, your handpicked cabal of demons against your opponents to determine who gets to reshape the ruins of hell to fit their philosophy. Do you want to restore hell to its former glory, tear it all down and watch it burn, or perhaps try to head back to earth for some payback? You can customize your cabal, use whatever demonic miniatures you'd like, uh, and tell the stories of the battles through the in-depth campaign system. So the... The game itself is a small, you know, small skirmish game. Uh, your cabal usually tends to be about 10 miniatures. That I believe includes your leader and your uh, devout, which is your, your right, your most fervent follower of your leader's philosophy. They believe wholeheartedly, whole being of the philosophy that you are pursuing. 
Uh, there are six different philosophies. We'll probably get into those a little bit later that all kind of have their different angles of um, what they want. Some of them want to restore hell and the, uh, the hierarchy that was there before because they believe that that's the way the things should be. Um, there are some that believe that the currency of souls is the only thing that matters. Uh, and then there are also some who just think that it needs to be ruined and sent into oblivion and cast into the void. Just a uh, couple of different things. So um, it's a D6 and D12 based system. So you use D6s for a number of different things, like making your attack and your defense rolls. Uh, but you use D12s to roll your initiative because it is an alternating activation system. So at the beginning of the round, every player takes one D10, or sorry, one D12 uh, for each demon that's still alive in their cabal, and you roll them uh, to figure out your initiative, starting with 12 and then going all the way down to uh, one. Um, going back and forth or alternating whoever it is that has the next one in the initiative. So um, we had heard about this. Uh, you can either purchase just the uh, PDF from DriveThruRPG or you, you can order the actual uh, printed book. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting game. Um, it's a pretty simple system uh, reading through the rule book. Uh, everything has... Basically, is it three stats? Um, yeah. You have yeah. move, your move, your life, and your combat stat. And then sometimes they have special abilities. Uh, actually, I think every demon has some sort of special ability that's unique to them. Yeah. Uh, leaders, when you build your cabal, you get to pick from one of three different um, types of leaders uh, that kind of helps you customize it. Um, each philosophy has a specific devout for it that have unique rules uh, and abilities and so on. Um, with the campaign play, you are able to upgrade your leader, your devout, and then the regular demons that you recruit to your cause uh, as you collect souls by slaying other demons or slaying your own demons um, during the matches. Uh, there's 10 different scenarios. Um, there are three scenarios that are specifically only for two players. Uh, there's one that is a scenario for one to four, and then the other six are for two to four. So there is actually opportunity, lots of opportunity for multiplayer games. Yeah. That's one of the things that I like about it is, is how inviting it is and, and how they have all the different scenarios they given us very very different look at the game. Yeah. There's also some very unique terrain features uh, for the game, especially like most, well, I mean, my primary background for miniatures games is uh, War Machine and Hordes, where your terrain does kind of impede your movement, but it doesn't really do much more than that. Um, Privateer Press has started introducing other things that can be potentially harmful to your you know, to your models when they're on the table. Uh, but this one has a lot of that, actually. Um, there's a lot of, like, impassable terrain. There's going to be a lot more where we have to move around the battlefield rather than, you know, simply ignore some of it. Yeah, and be, the battlefield is uh, you know, 22 by 30 inch uh, space is kind of what they're recommending. Yeah, I think yeah. that because there's a lot of other games that use that similar size, they wanted it to be accessible. A lot yeah. of other games, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be easy to find pre made mats at that size if, yeah. if yeah. you wanted to. But, it, but one of the things that's interesting about the rules, though, is that it allows you to actually, it's very flexible. It's like you can also just change your table size if you want. And yeah. You know, and the same thing with like base sizes of, of your demons, they they have suggestions. You don't you don't have to follow that suggestion per se, you know. Yeah, even the suggestions are a wide range, like yeah. oh, thirty to sixty millimeters, whatever. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean as long as it's not like hundred and fifty, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. quite a bit there's quite a few different options. Um your let's see, the suggested for the Lesser, greater, superior are 25, 32, or 40 millimeter bases. Uh, your devout, I believe, let me find the page. Um, 
My devout's on the biggest base. <laughs> yeah, the I'm not finding it here. I believe the devout is 32, 40, 50, or 60. And then I mm -hmm. think the leader is 25, 32, 40, or 50. Yeah. So your devout, your devout yeah. can only ever be the biggest model, actually, which kind of makes sense a little bit. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. The other thing that's really cool is you get to use miniatures from other from anything. You know, there's tons in the in the growing age of 3D printers. There are tons of great miniatures out there um mm -hmm. that are that are not meant for any specific game or you know if you like a lot of the demons from another ip then or and you already have them then repurpose them use them for something different that's um you know a little bit faster more interesting um yeah. play something different definitely that's one of the big appeals is like maybe you already have some of this you know already put together or painted or whatever um like you said 3d printing i wouldn't print in my whole army so yeah but i i decided to go ahead and use some models that i already owned um that uh, i just assembled for something else so but we can talk oh. about that a little bit later nice yeah well that's I, i'm gonna go your route chad i have I have uh, a few Legion of Everblight models that um, I would love to see the table in, uh, and they would be perfect for the philosophy that I chose. So yeah. uh, I'm pretty excited. So it works out pretty well. So I guess that's the first big thing is this is a mini agnostic, right? I mean, that's yeah. just, that's neat on its own as yeah. even have a lot of variation in their rule book. One of the pictures is actually of a, of a 3d printed model. Um, that is actually one I also printed up um, before yeah. knowing that it was in the rule book. I just happened to come across it. I was like, hey, I'm <laughs> that miniature right now. <laughs> and, nice. Well, and the funny thing is the uh, miniature that you picked for your devout was actually one of the miniatures I recently saw looking through um, a from a company, from that company, actually. I was oh, looking yeah. at their Kickstarter and a bunch of their different miniatures lines, um, and I saw that one and was very intrigued by that. But uh, the, the other thing that I personally think is really cool um, to see a little bit of maybe collaboration or overlap is there's a couple of pictures of some miniatures done by Creature Caster mm -hmm. uh, who have a lot of very fantastic demon models yeah. Yeah. Um, that are model agnostic. Uh, you can use them for anything. Some of them are a little bit too big for this game, I think. Um, you might be able to fit some of them onto like a 60 millimeter base, but they're going to be very, very big by comparison. Yeah. To yeah. Uh, a lot of the other miniatures. Like they make great, <laughs> they make great models, but they are a little bit tall sometimes. Yeah. So, do we so want to go through the different philosophies or? Uh, yeah, um, but before we get there, I wanted to make a comment about building your cabal, mm -hmm. um, uh, cause it, it does give you, um, like three different kind of ways to play the game. You know, one way is in the campaign mode and, and then there's one offs and, and the way, and the currency or the way that you, the point totals, if you will, is based on souls. So like each demon has a soul value, right? You don't pay for your leader. You don't pay for your devout. But so for a campaign mode, you ha you have a when you first build your cabal, you have a hundred souls to spend on in hiring minions and uh, or, or demons, and then you can only use lesser demons when you first build, and and so and over the course of a campaign, those lesser demons can grow into um, bigger demons, superior demons, even. Hey. You know. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, and so and so that's something to think about too when you when you're building your building your cabal, thinking about how each minion's going to grow. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so once you determine your game type, the next step is actually to select your philosophy. So yes. now let's talk about philosophies. Yeah. Uh, so the very the very first one that's in here are the Lords of Hell. Uh, the devout demon is called the Lord of the Pit. Um, it also gives you common iconography and then a general beliefs. And then it also talks about the leader bonus that you get on uh, special abilities. So, oh, and then it, it also gives a quote that is kind of the general idea 
of the um of the philosophy itself so the for the lords of hell the quote is it is better to reign in hell than well it's better than every than every other thing basically frankly um <laughs> so these are the demons that want to see hell return to its previous glory um they believe yeah. that the hierarchy that was there was right uh and it should be restored um and they're the ones to do it because the previous demons that were in charge obviously didn't do a very good job yeah i also see them as the the gen xer you know that's sitting in the back of the trimet bus you know with his headphones on because they didn't have earbuds back then and, <laughs> and they don't and they don't care if they miss their stop or whatever they're just like i'm gonna ride this thing to the end <laughs> not that i've ever done that no yeah. <laughs> uh the next one in here are the earthbound their devout demon is the succubus um these ones their quote is hell is over we must get to where the real souls are back to earth so these are the ones that are leaving hell in its ruins they have no idea they have no desire to try and rebuild it and instead what they're going to do is go to earth where all the souls and all the power is in order to rebuild hell or establish mm -hmm. power there. Uh, the next one are the demented. Their devout is the madness demon. Uh, their quote is those who seek after order in this madness are truly the insane. <laughs> um, so these are the ones, what is there? So, oh yes um so these these are the ones that basically you have to succumb to the madness um trying to build a hierarchy or establish some sort of system in hell is is folly and they think that hell should remain in the ruins that it already is uh and and you should just continue to exist basically as a crazy demon yeah. kind of the opposite of the lords of hell <laughs> yeah uh the next one are the brokers uh their devout demon is the tally man uh their quote is everything is for sale if you have the souls to pay so they're the winds they're the ones that believe that the real power is actually in the souls of others collecting as many as you can because it doesn't matter how big or bad of a demon you are if you have enough money you can hire enough other demons to overthrow that big bad demon they believe that that's the whole purpose of hell is to get as much souls as you can and just rule rule by that um by that law basically yeah the next one are the judges. Their devout demon is the executioner. Uh, the quote is, how can anyone else hope to win when they don't even know the rules? Mm. So they believe that the hell should have rules. There needs to be a hierarchy in place, but they want to establish their own hierarchy uh, where they're enforcing the rules and they're the ones in power. So kind of similar to the Lords of Hell, except they want to write the new book by their own rules and not by the rules that were previously there. Well, they also want to be behind the scenes puppeteer. We'll control you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the last philosophy are the empty. The devout demon is called the void demon. Uh, the quote is hell is no more. Hell has no more purpose. There is only one sensible outcome oblivion. So these are the ones that want to just, tear everything down to its very base elements and just toss hell into the void because there's no point. Hell has fallen. There's no point in trying to rebuild it. It's better to just succumb to the oblivion and to nothingness. <laughs> Maybe I was wrong. Maybe these are the Gen Xers. Or maybe these are... Maybe they're the Gen the Gen Zers so like there's no point there's no point in trying to do anything so why even bother there you go yeah <laughs> well, we're all doomed anyway so, yeah i mean just looking at those they're just 
it doesn't sound like very many, but just inside themselves, they feel like they have enough depth between the leader bonuses and the special yeah. abilities and uh, the devout being tied to it really, yeah. really gives you options already of your type of right. gameplay. And they're all, they all have some very distinct differences to them, which I think make them all viable yeah. and all fun in their own ways. And it just really kind of comes down to how you want to do it. So yeah. Yeah, I like how they the... give common iconography as well. Yeah. And, and so yeah. like, so you can develop paint schemes and, you know, and, and different things like that to really like individualize your cabal. Yeah. Yeah, and for the campaign that we're going to be doing, uh, we all decided to play something different from each other. Um, yeah, Dan and Jeremiah kind of had in their heads exactly what they, pretty much exactly what they wanted. Um, I picked last because, honestly, most of these look really interesting. When you go back and forth between looking at what the leader benefits are and what the special abilities that your devout demon get, um, there were a lot of them that I could see myself playing uh, in very mm -hmm. interesting ways. So, uh, Jeremiah, why don't you start and tell us which ones you dis uh, which philosophy you decided to follow? Um, I decided to go with the first one, the Lords of Hell, and I mostly chose that because um, I have the perfect model that I want to represent my leader, and I have the perfect model to represent my devout. And, and so the, uh, that's why, that's why I chose that. The devout is, um, as a flyer. And so the Lord of the pit. And so my devout has big giant wings and it makes me happy, but. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. Thagrosh and an Angelius. <laughs> what? Oh, no way. <laughs> Bags is in there, that's for sure. Oh, we got one. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dan, yeah. which one which one finally called to you? Well, I was going through it and I decided, well, I am the law. So um I went wow. with judges. Uh, and again, just they seemed kind of fun, a little bit, you know, focusing on the rules, like enforcing the rules, breaking the rules are some of their abilities, um, just to mess with things. Um Ultimately, rules are rules are in place for a reason, um, so I'm going to enforce them. <laughs> and then, uh, and so, and the devout of the executioner, you know, he's a big, burly beast. Um, and overall, like some of the other ones, seem to have a little bit more trickery to them. And I was like, I just put hammer to face. Like, <laughs> sounds pretty decent for uh, starting out a game. So, yeah. It's kind of one of the reasons went with uh, went with them. Um, I didn't have any particular models necessarily in mind. I like I, said, I went through and I found some kind of after the fact, um, working more with the keys and hammers than the uh, or keys and scrolls more than hammers. But I think they'll still look fun and good. Well, Dan, I'm not going to play by your rules because I chose <laughs> the Earthbound, so I decided that Hell was in ruins. Screw it. We're not going to rebuild it. We're going to go to hell. We're going to go to Earth, and we're going to establish our hierarchy there. Uh, and I decided that I was going to use uh, my Daughters of Cain miniatures because there's a couple of really cool ones. I thought it would also work well, um, considering that the devout demon is the succubus. Uh, mm -hmm. I picked the Cainite uh, Shadowstalker leader model. Um, which is kind of this very cool shrouded in shadow character that's like floating in the air. And they've actually got like a mirror mask um, over their face, which I thought was kind of fitting for uh, the succubus is going to. Um, uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm totally blanking on the word then. Um <laughs> Totally blanking on the word that I'm thinking of. Oh my gosh. Seduce you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the succubus is going to seduce and um, by taking the appearance of whatever it is that you're going to fall, fall prey to. And uh, I found some other really cool, uh, interesting models in the Daughters of Cain for a lot of the other um, minis to use in the Cabal. So nice. Excellent. 
they're going to be a little more tricky, which is more up my alley. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're very tempting, and they're they're adding to the movability is kind of kind of a nice one too. Adding increasing movability by one is makes you a lot more mobile than some of yep. my like my executioner is slow. <laughs> he yeah. is. Yeah. But, I'm going to be running circles around you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, that succubus is quick. <clears throat> but the yeah. Lord of the Pit uh, <laughs> rules over that. That's yeah. right. That's right. So yeah. when you, um, once you decide your Cabal, um, you start with building your leader. Um, as I said before, there are three different archetypes, basically, that you can do. Uh, there's the Warrior, the Schemer, and the Zealot. Um, so each one of them has their own unique move, life, and combat stats, depending on the characteristics. And then they all have their own unique abilities um, that go along with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just want to say in the stats, what I really liked, what they kind of did is they really centered on depending on what you're going for, right? You have, like, your warrior is your slowest, but has the most life and combat value. And then you kind of have a middle got middle ground, and then you have another one that's like totally slanted towards move, but has lower mm-hmm. life and combat. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like the choices are very meaningful. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And then of course you get a benefit or whatever for whichever one you choose. Exactly. So you get a special ability anyway. Yeah. Let's see. What is it? The uh, the warrior gets combat master. So whenever they make a combat roll, attack, or defense, you can choose to change uh, one of any one of the values of the combat dice to a six automatically, which is very strong. Nice. Uh, the schemer has a special ability called Master Manipulator. Uh, so basically what it does is when they activate, you can choose to spend one of your unspent activation dice and jump ahead in the initiative order, basically. And you get to activate another model immediately. The other That's thing that the cool. schemer, yeah. Uh, the other thing that the schemer has is when an enemy demon would attack the schemer, the schemer may choose to remove an unspent activation die. If they do so, they may move. The attacker may still choose to attack any other target that's in range, but it gives you a quick escape to help you survive those combat fights if you're fighting against you know something like the lord of the pit that's very fast that has a good combat stat the schemer doesn't have a whole lot of life doesn't have a mm-hmm. very good combat stat but they're hard to pin down yeah, yeah you sacrifice the uh activation of one of your other demons to save your leader yeah yeah, yeah. uh and then the last one is the oh sorry jeremiah you were gonna say something uh, no, go ahead and read the last one. Uh, so the last one is, is the Zealot has the special ability Frenzy, which is whenever the Zealot makes a combat attack roll, they increase their combat score by two. If they're attacking an enemy leader, they increase their combat score by three. So these are the these are the leaders that are hunting after other leaders and trying to take them down. Yeah. I um. I think. We did a pretty good introduction to the game and the system, and then the first few steps of creating the cabal. I'm personally not too keen about going any steps any further because I don't want to reveal the choices that I'm making yet. And oh, so, if, if that's okay, over there, if that's okay with you guys, <laughs> it's like total no, secret. That's, but, that's fine. I want to keep my secret know. safe too. Yeah. So. I, I'm really looking forward to you know pr- printing on the table and presenting them to you for the first time and and being like this these are uh, this is my cabal and come at me so yeah. no it's it's good well like I said I mean the the rest of the creation kind of goes again more customization of picking up a relic and an essence and then filling yeah. out the ball with your demons of your souls and there and there are a lot of choices exactly there are a lot of relics to choose from. I mean, it's remarkable. This rule book is only 62 pages, and they're able to, one, make it very clear how to play the game and how to build your, your cabal, and, but two, also give you a lot of a lot of options. Yeah. yeah. So I'm very impressed. Yeah, so. It seems very simple, but like honestly, when I was picking, like I said, all six of the different philosophies seemed 
interesting to me. The only ones that I think maybe there was only like one of them that didn't seem quite as interesting, but most of them seemed really interesting and it, and, uh, and I was really actually torn between two different ones before I made my final choice. So, um, it is very simple, but there is, there's some good depth to this. Um, and you could build your cabal. Like I could build my cabal completely different, um, and still stay in the same philosophy. I could pick different lesser demons to start with. It goes slightly, you know, uh, a different direction, like either really aggressive or super mobile or try and do something that's really resilient too. Well, and like a different kind of leader, there's three different kinds, right? Yep. Yep. Even just a cabal or sorry, a philosophy and leader type, there's 18 different options. Mm -hmm. Yep. That alone right there, you know? So So, I said, you can can skew very heavily one way, like you said, or you can try to do a balanced middle ground type one. Yeah. Um, It's good. it's it's kind of great just in that, and you're only keeping again like three main stats in mind of what you're trying to yeah. do. So yeah. um, you could, this is this is literally a one sheet game. Like yeah. you can type up one one sheet, or there's I think there's actually a character or a cabal list that you can download from their website or whatever. Um, so and then and then you can literally just bring that your dice and your models to the table, and yeah, it's it's. This is uh, making me happy. This feels very much in the vein of like Frostgrave for me in terms of like simplicity and easy to get, easy to grasp rules. Right. So, yeah. Um, did we yeah. touch on about how combat or defense? I don't think we talked. Uh, we but, we did not. You want to go over that real quick? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple, right? You have your combat value. Say it's a six. You roll six d six. Unless again, there's some other like charges and some other type of things you can do or focus combat to increase that. Mm-hmm. But let's just say on general, you roll six dice. You compare your combat to the enemy's combat value. Look it up on a table. You're either looking at twos, threes, or four ups. So let's say you guys have, uh, you're fighting a six combat as well. So your six versus their six, you're hitting on um, three up, right? So what is that? 66% of your hits should hit. And then they roll their six combat dice. And for every six, they get a defend, um, which why turning that warrior dice one defense to a six is kind of important, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so let's say you had four hits and they roll one six, then you do three damage to their life. Boom, combat's good, unless there's some other special abilities to tie yeah. these things, right? Yeah. But it's pretty simple, easy math, right? I'm just like, yeah. I got four hits, you roll yours, you got two defenses, cool. Yeah, so it's it's two things. It's it's yeah. it's a dice pool. You each have, you're rolling the number of dice equal to your, your stat, and it's an opposed roll. Yeah. So okay. I'm gonna roll six, you're gonna roll six, and then I have to have two or more to be able to do anything to you. Yeah. And tr- hits, that is. Um, you and know, that's reminiscence of a lot yeah. of other games out yeah. there. Yeah. But but it hap- but I I love opposed roles because that means everyone's involved. Yeah. And 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 it's and I love that it has single role resolution. Once yeah. we both rolled, we know exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, it's cool. It makes for fast gameplay. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I think that was a good introduction. So, let's ask the question. What are we going to do with it? Dun dun dun. Well, hmm. let's think about that. <laughs> I think we are going to have a campaign. We're going to have a rain and hell campaign. And what we want to do is we want to invite any of our listeners who are in our area to participate in the campaign. And or if you have if you're a listener in another area and you want to pull together two, three, four other people to play. Um, what we want to do is want to figure out who's all interested in playing in the campaign. And then once we figure out who's all interested, then we're going to make pods. And and then, um, and then so we're going to have different pods. And all we're asking you to do is for you and your pod to play four games together. And... Uh, so we'll, we'll figure, we'll give you some lead time. Um, uh, but over the course of the campaign, you're going to play four campaign, uh, four, four games together. And then we'll see who 
you know, how each pod shakes out and, and maybe we'll get some prize support at the end for the winner of their pod. But, um, um, but that, that that's what we're doing today. We're announcing the rain and hell campaign. <laughs> yep. So if anyone else, uh, if anyone else is out there, just reach out to one of the three of us via discord um, or Facebook and mm-hmm. let us know that you're interested. Um, as we said, we're just asking you to commit to four games. Um, the PDF is pretty inexpensive. Uh, it's $10 for the PDF. It's $15 for a printed copy. Um, and that's everything that you need, just that and some other miniatures. And you can use the miniatures that you already have. You don't have to go out of your way and, you know, spend a bunch of money buying some cool minis or something like that. Just use what you got. And then I'm sure everyone has dice. (laughs) I think a lot of us probably also play RPGs. I am actually short some D12s, so I need to go buy a couple more D12s. But uh, Wow, you just lost some street cred there. Funny, we should talk. I just opened up a pound of dice, and yeah. uh, I have a video on that. I'll, I'll show you my pound of dice video later. But um, yeah. yeah, and there was a good number of D12s, somewhat anticipating this uh, campaign coming up. So, right. oh wow, <laughs> yeah, I've got a pound of dice sitting in apothecary on my bookshelf, so I, I have plenty of dice to choose from as well. So I've got lots yeah. of D6s. I've got tons of D6s yeah. laying around. I just yeah. I need three more D12s because I don't use them that much. Yeah. 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 Dude, you, I'm the a, game I'm calls a cleric for player. Just... I use D8s. Yeah. <laughs> oh D8s, yeah. We uh you just need about 10 D6s and then one D12 for every every model you have in your cabal. So uh that's it. So at the most you'll need 10 if you have all 10. Well You'll probably need more than 10 um, D6s just because you use them for your combat stats, but then also every time you slay a demon, uh, if there's a demon within three inches, you can harvest the souls, and you can use those to change your roles during the game. That's right. Or change your opponents. So having some extra D6s um, is, uh, is definitely a good thing. Yeah. Well, here's the pitch. If you want to join us in the Rain and Hell campaign, uh, please let us know. Uh, we're thinking of starting the first pods at the beginning of September and, and giving us um, several weeks to complete the four games. And as Chad said, there are two ways to get a hold of us that are excellent. Uh, one of them is through directly through our Facebook page, and the other is through our Discord server. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, getting this going. And we're excited to be able to talk about our games and talk about um, uh, how much we in- enjoy or not enjoy Rain and Hell. I mean, honestly, that's a possibility too. But all signs are pointing to enjoyment for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why don't we shift over to um, confession time and talk about some of the purchases that we've made recently or or Kickstarters that we've backed. Do we have to? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, mine are pretty easy. Yeah, um, <laughs> I didn't do much. I backed a couple um, RPG Kickstarters. Uh, one is a very small like, guy that was a dollar for micro dungeons. Adds, uh, you know, 10 or so um, just small little dungeons that you can just tack on or run as their own single thing. Yeah. Um, not that they're doing any RPG recently, but it's a small thing just to kind of have on hand or support somebody. Um, another one that I did um, was about 25 bucks was Dungeons of Drakenheim. This was by Dungeon Dudes. Actually, it ended up making like 1.2 million with 13,000 backers. So not <laughs> very opposite of a small one. That's pretty um, impressive. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's pretty big. It's a whole, it's a full on like campaign story, you know, that you can run for, you know, depending on how often your group gets together until level one to 13 for level. Mm-hmm. Um, so figure, you know, sometime when you ever get together and play some RPGs or whatever, <laughs> have, have plenty in reserve for some fun campaigns. Um, then nice. the other thing I bought in kind of relation to a little bit of D and D was the, uh, yeah, the MTG magic, the gathering forgotten realms um, crossover. So went into the store, got the pre-release pack or whatever, um, and thought those cards were kind of cool. Ended up picking up like a starter box thing or something. 
as well. So got a good amount of kind of cards for that, which they're, they're neat looking. Um, I did do a little unboxing video of that, which I should have up this week as well. So nice. Nice. But that's I'll neat. Yeah. Right, I'll go next. Um, well, one of the things I purchased was that mercenary starter for dust 47. Um, and that was an excellent purchase for me. It was great. Um, I bought my first mobile suit Gundam model. <laughs> so, and oh I boy. say, I say first because there will probably be more in the future. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I the Gundam. Of course. They're kind of amazing and I've always wanted one and I found one at a very reasonable price. So it was one of their uh, introductory kits that doesn't require glue for assembly. So I figured if if I'm going to put one together, this would be a great intro to uh, to the hobby because I know that some of their kits can get quite complicated. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, I recently picked up some secondhand Signar, um, kind of fleshing out. Um, the storm division theme and heavy metal theme. Um, also trying to get everything I need from the Signar side for the strange bedfellows theme. Yeah. So I'm trying to, um, trying to finish that out. I'm counting that as part of my convergence growth, if you will. And there's some quick things I need to for that, but it's okay. It's just, it's a slow, you know, it's a slow accumulation. It's not, you know, I have stuff to play, um, but I also want to grow into being able to have, you know, play other options. So, yep. um, I did pick up an ex- another expansion for the D and D second edition uh, birthright setting. So, um, one of our listeners' hands and I have been talking about um, just role playing again and, and world building. And, and he's, he's really inspired me to revisit some of the things, some of the older things that I really liked um, about second edition Dungeons and Dragons. And so um, right now I'm just sort of in the preliminary stage and I don't really have anything together for a campaign yet. Um, but um, I have really good inspirational reading material. Um, this was a big, this is a big one for me. We uh, have sort of terms of purchases because we haven't, Recorded in a while, but um, I also got the uh, kill team kill zone sector mechanicus terrain. Now you're not going to believe this. So I got an email from PayPal saying, "Hey, here's you know five bucks or ten bucks or something toward uh, towards Groupon. If you if you buy something on Groupon using your PayPal account, here's instant cash." And so. So I was like, oh, okay, well, let's play around with that. Let's see what's there. And I've never been on Groupon before. And so I was just like looking around and there's all these things that I was having like decision fatigue. And then this light bulb went off in my brain and it was just like, type in Warhammer. And so I typed in Warhammer and there was all this Warhammer stuff, um, including that terrain kit. And it was already marked down from its full price because it's, you know, it was, a, it was a Groupon deal, and then and then I used my PayPal and got the instant cash, and I did it, not believing. I didn't think it was real. I was <laughs> like, this can't be real. Like Groupon is for like experiences or something, and or going out to dinner. No, it's real. It it arrived, <laughs> and so, um, so now I have some 40k terrain to assemble and paint, but. Um, or terrain to use for 40k to assemble and paint. So I'm pretty happy about that. And then, um, and then the only other thing is a fair amount of flesh and blood stuff. So we, uh, um, it's it's Oz's like favorite game in the world right now. And so we're, um, you know, we're just, and it was his birthday recently. So it's like we're gonna invest a little bit. So we had bought the. A booster box of the most recent unlimited set that just came out, Crucible War, I think, and and I went into the store uh, to pick it up, and 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 I saw all this other product on the shelf, and the dude was like, "Yeah, they're on sale right now," 
And so I'm looking at the Welcome to Wraith set box, uh, booster box, you know, on sale. And so I was like, all right, I'll take one of those too. And so, <laughs> and so for the first time ever in my life, um, we sat down and we opened back to back two booster boxes of cards. Jeez. And, um, which is something I've never done before in any game I've played. I've never really bought booster boxes before. I've always nickel and dimed myself, you know, in those games. Um, but we got some good cards and um, I can now, I think, satisfactorily make a guardian deck. So I'm going to be looking forward to doing that. But I think that's, I think it's everything. It's like my full confession right there. I think, uh, <laughs> like I said, it was a big one because we didn't really talk about this. We haven't talked about this for a while. So this is like several weeks worth of purchases. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. It's all right. No judgment here. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't gotten very much stuff recently myself. Uh, I did pick up one of the Blitz decks for Flesh and Blood. Uh, both of my nice. roommates have started really getting into the game. And so I finally bought one of the starters and got uh, a demo game with it. I picked up Prism, which is the nice. uh, Light Illusionist. Um, not really knowing, any, not knowing about the, the different styles um, for the different heroes and stuff of the game. But I... I thought it looked cool. I decided to grab that one. It's a very fun and very interesting game. I'm looking forward to uh, playing some more. Um, I did, however, while I was scrolling through Facebook the other day, discover a different miniatures game. Um, <laughs> it's been around a little bit, and they just finished up another Kickstarter. It's a minis game called Moonstone, uh, I which I never heard that. of before. <laughs> and um, so it's a... They they produce their own miniatures. They also have uh, STL files for you to be able to 3D print them yourself, I believe. Um, but it's a fantastical, whimsical um, minis game where you generally have about three to six miniatures. Um, there's, you know, goblins and fairies and humans and gnomes. Um, it's a D4-based bluffing system. Uh, so it's very interesting. Um, I may get one of those starters down the road but um i haven't bought i haven't bought any of it yet but uh, it looks kind of interesting the miniatures look really cool very unique um compared to some other minis games and i mean if it's i i think that's yeah. the two-player starter is pretty reasonable um and it's a two-player starter with two different factions so I may yeah. end up picking that up later and finding somebody else to learn the game with <laughs> Jeremiah <laughs> <laughs> that the game has been on my list for a few years and oh really I didn't and know it was and it has the ability to play two to four players too so oh yeah yeah yeah. so it's not just you know it's no it's a it's a and there's a great community that's built around that game i um just i haven't purchased it because i didn't know who i knew would be interested but apparently <laughs> uh you might be so darn yeah. it Chad. Yeah, maybe <laughs> well, I mean, if we if we put if we split the starter, the two player starter, that makes it pretty reasonable because I think yeah, I want to say it's like around. I don't think it's anything more than seventy. I think it's like around fifty or sixty, which yeah. is pretty reasonable for a two player starter. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a small model count game too. Yeah, but but so pretty and 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 a great place to to really like play with a color scheme. For yeah. your models, oh like, yeah, absolutely. Like bright and and different kind of and and things that you wouldn't normally pair together might go together really well for it. Yeah. So yeah. So that's all for me for my confession. Um, I haven't. Right. I I did some bigger purchases a while back with getting getting a bunch of archons and some other stuff, and um, been trying to conserve some of my money for some of the other stuff that I know is coming a little bit later this year. Nice. Yeah. But what are you guys working on your hobby desk? What are you building? What are you painting? Oh, I've got uh, right now also printed and primed the Rain and Hell models. Of course, got to get those mm -hmm. going. Get some pretty models on there. And then uh, working on finishing up. Well, not finishing. Really just started painting um, a little Mario chess set. So I printed up for my son. So I got the ponds painted, which were some toads and some Goombas. Um, nice. so working away. So I've got half of it done technically, but those were easy paints. So nice. 
Yeah, I um, been doing some repairs on some models, and I have a plan for. Uh, I have one model that's um, in disarray, pretty good, but I think I have a good plan for it. I just I can't find my bits, mm. and so uh, uh, so I have to go back to the garage and figure out where those are to <laughs> to do it. But um, the last the last couple paint parties, I haven't painted. I've just been sitting there talking to people, and I realize I kind of wasted my time. I should have been. I should have got the paint out and do it, done something, but I, you know, I was late last week and didn't know how long I would stay and end up staying for a long time. Well, certainly long enough to paint something. So, yeah. Well, if you enjoyed yourself, it wasn't a waste of time. Just wasn't the optimal use. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Chad? Um, I don't have anything specific. Well, I mean, right now I had some some minis for some war machine minis that I was going to try and work on today. Um, I'll probably start working on them a little bit later this evening, but nothing else specifically that I'm working on. There's um, work has been kind of stressful and hectic and I haven't had a lot of motivation to do a lot of hobby work. Um, so I'm just kind of, trying to work on whatever it is that might seem interesting at the time when I sit down and work on something, but, um, I need to, I need to do a bunch of basing for some stuff that's been sitting done in my, in my tray. So then I can fill that up with some other stuff that is going to get worked on, get painted. So once I get them based, they're done and then I can just put them away. Nice. Yep. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be nice to to get some projects, uh, get some process done. Um, this month is, I should tell our listeners, is uh, backlogist month. Um, this is a uh, this is a uh, event that we're doing for the month of August um, in our Facebook page and our Discord server, and this was inspired by a suggestion from Curtis. And so it's backlog and August combined into one word, backlogist. And so what we're asking everyone to do is to begin working on their backlog. And uh, at the end of the month, um, or any, actually any point during the month, um, post a picture of a finished, completed model that you've painted. And, and if you do that, then you'll be entered into a drawing. And we'll... We'll, uh, I'll do a drawing at the end of the month and we'll have prizes that we'll give out to uh, our listeners. So um, Backlogist is happening right now. <laughs> Get to working on it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, good episode. Good good things. I'm excited about our upcoming Rain and Hell campaign. I'm excited about Backlogist. And so those are a bunch of ways for, for you guys, for all of our listeners to participate in what's going on in the Spellstorm community. Other things that are happening is every Thursday night, we have a paint party. Uh, it happens on our Discord server. And as I confessed a couple minutes ago, you apparently don't have to paint to participate. But, um, <laughs> but you're highly encouraged to. Um, that way you can work on your backlog, uh, certainly in the month of August. And then um, another thing that's happening is uh, we have a book club and uh, that takes place um, on the last Sunday of the month. Um, and, and so, uh, so we declare what book we're, we're reading and then uh, for the month and then at the end of the month, we all come together and we talk. So uh, for this month, uh, we're going to be doing uh, Nine Princes in Amber by Roger Zelazny. Um, you have to forgive me for butchering the last name there. And uh, and so if you want to participate in that, hop into our Discord server and, and then uh, sign up to have the book club tag so that you don't miss any of the details or any of the updates. Let's see. Yeah, we got a lot of good things happening right now, guys. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we've mentioned our Discord a bunch of times. If you're not on it, you're missing out on a lot. So 
Uh, so click the link in the show notes. Um, you can also find us at uh, spellstormminiatures.com. There's a bunch of links in there too. And, uh, and then we have also some really great um, uh, supporters. Uh, we've got some affiliate links. And that's a great way to support what's going on too. Uh, one that we have going on that's awesome is Noble Knight. Um, they have just about everything. Um, who knew? Um, but also a brand new affiliate, which I'm excited to announce. And that's with Death Ray Designs. So if anybody's familiar with them, uh, they've been, they do the base inserts that a lot of us use for our models. Um, they also have a number of other things like, uh, even STL files, but like some terrain things and some movement, um, measuring sticks and things like that. And, uh, something of interest to you, Dan, tiny little mechs, <laughs> tiny little infantry, tiny little tanks. It's terrible, Dan, um, but actually, it also just reminds me, I actually did just recently purchase um, some base inserts from them, and they arrived in the mail yesterday. So um, uh, so we'll get the link out for that as well in the future. And um, and it doesn't cost you anything. It's just you buy from them like you normally would, but it supports the show. So with that being said, I guess, thank you, everyone. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.